0: Today on the podcast we've been chatting about racing again um, we've had Chris Smarton as guest who's just back from the International Cross Federation um, chatting about what it's like to compete internationally really so it was interesting wasn't it Louise?
1: I really enjoyed it actually because he just had a different take on you know sort of racing over here and mainly because the field was a lot bigger isn't it and you're racing people you don't normally race
0: So um, Yeah, yeah. it it gave a really interesting perspective that i would not thought about before, that actually it's more motivating to be in a bigger field like that because you're more motivated to want to improve by a few seconds or so to move up the field. And I'd never considered international competition to be like that. I'd always thought it was this big scary thing, but Chris made it seem really accessible, didn't he?
1: Yeah, really accessible. So go and have a listen. Um, we talked about lots of other things because we got it completely is. sidetracked <laughs> as an all. Um, but we hope you enjoy this episode. Do let us know. And if you get a moment, please, please write us a review. Just click on whatever app you're using and let us know because if you leave us a review, we can get this podcast out to a lot more people. So please do that for us. So go and have a listen and enjoy. Welcome to this week's episode of canny cross conversations now this week we have chris smart with us who is a canny crosser and has just completed the icf out in germany um and we're going to chat to him about that and the experience he had and how he did um so chris welcome to canny cross conversations
2: thanks ladies yeah um that's that's right yep so my name's um chris smart um 44 years old um, and i have a Eurohound called chili that i canny cross with um and she's about three now, a bit over three. Um and we've had her since a pup. Um, she's my second dog. Um, and, and the canny crossing's really come along since we've since she's joined the team.
1: So tell us about your first dog. Because that's everyone has the first dog that they get into canny crossing with, don't they?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so my first dog was um was a, was the pet dog, really, not a racing dog. So um, and I think that's probably how most people start. Um so she uh, is so still with us. She's ten years old now, so retired from racing. Um, but she was, you know, she was um, the family pet dog initially, um, and then we started doing a bit of running together because um, I'd been running a little bit since before we got her, um, and 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 that's that's how the canny cross thing started, really. But um, but you know, one thing leads to another, and it snowballs, and we ended up buying a purpose bred canny cross dog
1: so many people don't do it
2: don't they apart from
0: you yeah. and me michelle yeah so so why a Eurohound? hound why why that breed specifically
2: um so i mean obviously having been around the Canicross circuit for a little while i knew what the, the the guys who were really competing were kind of running running with but um but actually it happened a little bit by accident it was it was actually a friend was having a litter um and contacted me and said um kind of sort of nudged me and said you know would you like one it might take you to the next level that kind of thing so um so that that that's how that occurred i had a little bit of arm twisting to do at home to get the second dog to be honest <laughs> yes we all
1: know about that was that james by any chance that had the litter no that was bex oh right oh okay that's oh, one of hers, that's one of hers. No, it's, and it's not chili's not huge is she
2: no chili's um chili is 24 kilos 24 kilos um, and, you know, I, I thought about it carefully before we bought her and I said to Bex that I wanted a girl because, um, you know, I, I didn't want anything too big, too much bigger than the dog I'd been running with, um, previously. Um, you know, I thought that if, if I got a boy, he could, I, I'm not, I don't weigh a huge amount myself and, and I just, I had pictures of being, you know, a dog that weighed half as much as I did, um, just dragging me around. I could, I foresaw sort of, you know, carnage and injuries. So, uh, so I went with a girl.
1: that's quite interesting actually I've never really thought about well I have thought about it that way but just a yorahound scares me if I'm honest (laughs) (laughs) so you've been canny crossing for a while how long have you been canny crossing yeah
2: so um I think about probably about eight years now so um I think my my first race was probably about eight years ago um so because if Sugi's 10 um it must have been about eight years when she was about two um, but it started very slowly. I kind of did one, you know, one or two events per season for the first few years until I kind of, you know, made some friends in the circuit and um, and started kind of, um, you know, talking to people about, oh, what events are you doing this year? And then it kind of, it just kind of ramped up, really. And I ended up doing more and more um, until eventually we were doing kind of the British Championship and then and, and then the, the international ones
1: as well. So eight years ago, Canine Cross wasn't that big, really, was it? What What events were you doing? So
2: I, I, it was a Canix event, um, and because they it was, and again, because it was local, um, so it was literally ten minutes from my house, and I found out about it through uh, through my dog's breeder actually, because she'd done a little bit as well, um, and I just thought, well, why not go go along and find out what it's all about, you know? Um, no, seriously, I think I think in my first few events, I don't even think I did both days; I only did kind of like the the one day, and and just to see how it went.
0: Yeah, but obviously enjoyed it and stuck with it. So how was the experience of first race with Chile then? How different was it?
2: So first race with Chile is, well, I mean, obviously, um, starting with a puppy that you know you intend to go canny crossing with, we'd been training for a while beforehand and building her up. So the race wasn't a massive surprise, but it is extremely different running with a Eurohound. They are just a different level. Um, I think I spent my, my first season with her, I think I spent. I I joke that I spent most of that first season either broken or not fit enough to keep up with her. So right, decision sure. not
0: to go for a heavier
2: dog. Yeah, ride. so so very good decision not to yeah. go with an even heavier dog. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I find well, like, I find pickle racing quite hard work. I mean, she probably hasn't got the stamina of a Um, but she's still pretty you, fast. You, you say that, but T- Tilly's um, Tilly's stamina is is is
2: not. Um, it's a funny one. She will set off in a race. She does get very overexcited at the start of a race, and she will set off like a bat out of hell. And you can see her, you can see her tiring at the end of races, and the lead will go a little bit slack. um You know, kind of at about three, three to four, came in maybe if she's really, you know, if she's really feeling it. Strangely, in training, um it doesn't tend to happen. We can. Um, you know, we can, we can do a four or five kilometres and she'll still be pulling at the end. So it's something, you know, it's a point of improvement, something for me to work on this year, really. It's probably the energy wasted at the beginning of a race. Yeah, absolutely. It? I think they do. You, you, you watch a lot of dogs getting very excited at the beginning of a race, bouncing around all over the place. And you wonder how much energy they're wasting and how mm. they're going to be at the end.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. And I've noticed Pickle last season was getting uh, more excited at the start of a race. Yeah. she used to because she's fairly chilled yes um, but yeah, yeah. so that, that was quite interesting yeah so you've done quite well sort of locally or in the UK haven't you so you've just backed from the ICF just what's the ICF mean
2: the ICF is the International Canicross Federation it's one of the two well-known um kind of international organizations that put on world and European championships the other one's the IFSS
1: which um, is a few weeks time isn't it which I is think.
2: in a few weeks time uh, um yeah um and it, it's just an entirely uh, it's just a different world it really is um it it take it take your um you know take your average uk canicross event and times it by 10 um the, the the size and the scale so you know just as an example um you know my class veteran males it, you turn up to a uk event you might have a class racing with maybe 6 7 Guys, um, my class at ICF was forty-seven finishers.
1: Wow! Yeah, and that was, that's just that's just my
2: class, and there were some something approaching a thousand starts across the across the weekend across all the classes. It was absolutely phenomenal. And so, is this the first one you've done? No, 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 no. It's my third international event. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've done, yeah, I've done one ICF and one IFSS previously.
1: Yes. how how do you feel you compare with it with the Europeans i mean that but because it is really popular out there isn't it
2: it is really popular and it's quite it's quite funny actually it's quite interesting to go and see a different take on things because the obviously the you know the very competitive guys most of them are using eurohounds and you know sled dogs and that kind of thing um racers but they don't seem to be quite so precious about you know using specific breeds there are people there and obviously kind of um you know not purpose-bred dogs who are doing perfectly well sort of um you know kind of um you know there's the odd um malinois or german shepherd or or kind of you know dogs like that especially from kind of the northern european teams um so so it's interesting to you know it's interesting to see see that as well and did they do all right um well i didn't see any on the podium put it that way (laughs) But it is interesting to reach that to reach that level with a non-purpose bred dog is is um, is interesting. They, I mean, I'm not saying there were loads. There was a handful, five percent, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's almost a shame that they don't do a category for non-canny cross dogs to just name. Oh, well, you, you can't
2: you can't just keep subdividing it forever, can you? We've, al- we've already got kind of Nordic breed where the sport started special categories and how how far do you want to go do you want to you know
1: do you i'd like to get to, on the podium occasionally actually. yeah do you want do you want to have it
2: well it's a, it's a balance isn't it do you want you know do you do you want a special category for kind of 15 to 17 kilo dogs blah 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 and then but then only have two people racing in it i mean i'd rather have i'd rather take my chances in a big field and have an exciting race to be honest yeah i suppose
1: that's uh, i suppose that's fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's a good point <laughs> yeah, so wh- where is ICF? Where was it held? Was it, it,
1: was held in, every um, year? it was
2: held in uh, a place called Leipa in Germany, um, which is way over in East Germany. It was, it's just a bit south of Berlin.
1: So it took a while to get there for a couple of Yeah, months. Yeah,
2: it was a bit of a trek, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during the caravan. And the weather wasn't brilliant? No, it, was not, it wasn't nice. It rained and rained and rained. And every day had rain and it was, yeah, when we, it was only... It was that horrible rain. It was that was kind of light rain, but persistent. That The type of rain that doesn't really feel like it's raining, but makes you very wet all of a sudden. And very muddy. And very muddy, yeah. Yes. Now, the ground conditions, in fairness, were okay, because the ground was very sandy. So as soon as it stopped raining, it dried up pretty quick. So most of the week was okay. And when it had stopped raining for a few hours, it would dry quite quickly. But Sunday, after Saturday's racing, and it rained all night on Saturday, Sunday was really quite wet in the woods and quite boggy so how did you get to do it did you have to qualify to do it uh no the veterans classes don't technically require a qualification but but you do but you do have to be uh vetted and put forward by the British Federation
1: uh, okay so how did you go about that then
2: um so they hope in, in essence if you keep your eyes on the BSSF um they opened you know um Open inv- invitations for people who wanted to go, and would would read all applications and put forward those that they thought were okay. And they coordinated and collated the entries. So, that all of the all of the entries from Great Britain were put put forward to the ICF on uh, on our behalf by the BSSF.
1: Okay, so we've had them on, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we have. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and the, it was quite interesting the whole the whole chat we had with them about it yeah. and, and everything so uh oh, okay so that's quite a shame you didn't ask him about that really yeah um one one so how many people actually went how, well, how big was the team
2: i think the british team was something like 45 people across all the classes
1: oh was there many veterans or
2: yeah it was even spread. i think technically the the elite classes the kind of the senior classes you should qualify and IFSS certainly require a qualification icf is a bit more inclusive um, and that a qualification would mean, I think a top three place in your country's championship,
0: so, how many races is it that you do then? Is it over a few days? yeah, it's I know it's
2: very much like uh it's very much like a cannycross competition in in the u k so a race on Saturday, a race on sunday um it's just much more frantic yeah. and a lot of a lot more people going, and you have to be a lot more organized um so to, to get through this the pure number of people who were there the Canny cross um you know the Canicross starts with 15 seconds apart which for anyone who's done a UK event and is used to getting to the start line and having their kind of um 30 seconds or a minute to sort themselves out is is, is a bit eye-opening so you've got to kind of you know be in the you've got to be in the holding area in, you know 10 minutes in advance you've got to organize yourself into the into the queue in the right order behind the guy and there'll be several uh, be, there were in this instance there were two shoots so they were sending one from the left one from the right you know in um um alternately um so yeah so it's it it takes a bit more thinking about uh, at the start of the race
0: yeah and like you mentioned before more potential for dogs to get very excitable
2: Um, yes how
0: how do you deal with that how is the start of a race
2: yeah so it it was something we had to think about like i say uh, Chili got so excited on saturday uh, um from being in the pen for a few minutes that she was really tired at by three and a bit km in um so uh they actually had provision that that you could have a handler bring you the dog just before the Mm -hmm. start so you were in the queue so they recognized that you were there um you were going to take your start but your handler or helper could um kind of bring the dog along at the last minute and feed them in through the side to you which we which we did
1: uh, I had somebody help me with that on on Sunday and it, it helped a lot I think yeah I was going to say that's really good because it, especially at the sort of County Cross Midlands ones and stuff like that you can sort of hang back and you're just it. you can I usually run up at the last minute and sort of run through the start <laughs> yes yes you can but there was there was no doing that so
2: the 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 pet the start pen was kind of fenced off um and it was very much kind of like a holding area that was directed down into the start shoot um so it was you know a lot more organized like a um you know like a you know well they had to be really they had to be a lot more organized just because the number of people that were there
1: and so with the 15 second starts was there quite a lot of overtaking yeah a little bit natural in where a little bit
2: more than i was used to yeah so on um so on Saturday, yes, there was four overtakes in, in my race, two each way. Um, so which is a little bit more than you often get in a in a UK race. Um there, you know, that and that's that's probably a key thing. Anyone thinking about um, you know, going up to an international event, that's probably one of the key things you need to think about with your dog. Um, is there are gonna be, there is gonna be much closer racing. Is your dog okay with overtakes? Are they, you know, and that sort of thing. So so there's, there's, there's definitely a factor. Um, the Sunday race, though, they scratch seeded everybody all together. So all the cany crosses doesn't matter about gender or class or whatever. We're all going out in um, time order, and then because of the because of the level of the competition, you can kind of rely on if you ran that time on Saturday, they'll probably run about that time on Sunday. So I didn't have any overtakes at all on Sunday. I had a very clean run.
1: And is Chile alright overtaking or not?
2: She's not too bad, actually. She she can occasionally be a bit of a pain with other dogs, but actually, once she's in harness and she's in running mode, she she tends to tends to ignore them, especially dogs going in the same direction. Swans coming towards that she doesn't like. <laughs> Fair enough, then. <isn't> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what what kit do you use? By the way, we we always want to ask this question and often forget, don't yeah, we? we do, so, yeah. yeah, what what kind of cross kit do you both use?
2: Um, so, I've got a uh, a non stop um, harness for myself um i use line out lines because i I just like them they're they're, there's a lot of bungee in them and they're quite soft um uh, in terms of the shock um and then chili's got two harnesses um i i always hesitate to recommend the dog harness because the correct uh, the the correct answer to what harness should i get for my dog is always the one that fits yeah so (laughs) very um, good (laughs) so 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 and and I struggle because she's a bit of a funny shape um she's got a very a very narrow neck and a very deep chest mm. so um when I I, I I've been round the houses with with dog harnesses with her for many years now and I've got I've got a couple I'm happy with now um uh a, a, a sled works and a drag ratten and um and I kind of alternate back and forth between them they neither are perfect um but um but but they're, they're you know they're a good fit but don't don't let don't let that lead anyone as to say, oh, they must be the brands to buy. Go and you know, go and speak to an expert. Go and have your dog fitted properly. Go and um, you know, go go and try on several and see what 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 suits your dog. Yeah, that
0: is really sensible advice. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, if anyone's listening out there. Go and go and have a session with somebody who yeah. what are talking about. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's, there's there's always you know there's always trade stands at events. Go and go and speak to the yeah. guy. Try on lots of different things. Um, it's it's the best way. You know you you know you're never gonna or you're very unlikely. You'll be very lucky to get a perfect fit taking some measurements and ordering something online.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I've got two different ones for pickle, and I quite like both of them, and they both fit quite well but one's a bit lighter so sometimes yeah. I just think oh that's quite nice for you know yeah. for her probably but um yeah but both both are quite good with her yeah so. what,
2: what I what I find is but if, if I measure if I measure Chili by the collar and by the chest she's usually two sizes apart <laughs> yeah so so any anything that's a good fit on her collar is usually won't she can't get on and anything anything that's a good or the right fit at the chest is um is just far too big and sits low yeah. uh it, it doesn't doesn't it's not snug around the collar
1: have you ever thought
2: of a custom-made harness um yes and no um i'm you know where we are now is 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 good enough i i <laughs> strangely i had a, a slightly off experience with with a supposedly uh custom-made harness from a brand that shall remain nameless um <laughs> who who offered a custom fit servicing and you sent your dog's dimensions off and. They sent me a harness which was very clearly one of their standard sizes with the label taken off. <laughs>
0: oh dear. Because
2: I because I because I laid it out next to their medium sized harness that they already had, and it was exactly the same. Okay. And all they all they'd really done is read the dimensions and matched it to their nearest standard size. So
1: yeah, see it just proves, doesn't it? You have to be really careful and you're better off going to yeah. sessions or people that could fit. Yeah fit stuff properly you know that that's what michelle and i do with our you know locally with our taster sessions we've got harnesses that people can try um but i also think it's really important i know we've gone really off track here but it's really important for the um the human harness as well which is really you know to get the best
2: yeah, again Again, human harness is a personal taste um mm-hmm. so and, and they put and they do actually pull in different areas so you know the, the the non-stop one I use is um very much around your around your bum around your backside that all of the pull goes through there um other types will split it between your pelvis and your bum and others are on the others are on the hips and it's it's what are you most comfortable with to run yeah. to run in
1: yeah No, I've got a non-stop one I like that Anyway, let's get back to the ICF. Oh yeah, (laughs) because where did you come?
2: I was um, I was twenty fifth in class, um, which I'm really pleased with because a year ago in France, last time I went to ICF, I was twenty seventh, and the field was bigger this time around. So I will take that because that's an improvement as far as I'm concerned.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, pleased with that. So, what would you, would you get, will you go again next year and what will you do differently in the run up to it? And, um, um I will, yes,
2: I will try and, uh, yes, I will try and, um, go again next year. Um, what I will do differently, <laughs> it's a funny story. What I will do differently probably is not be canny crossing because I intend to, uh, move up to Bike Jaw for next year.
1: Yes, we want to talk about that. Yes. Um, um well yeah tell us about because you have started bike jaw i I, 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 I have (laughs) um so uh why did i start bike
2: jaw um yes uh, i quickly became apparent that 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 chili my dog is has expressed all of her greyhound genes appear to have expressed and she's extremely (laughs) fast um far faster than i can run um I mean, that's true of any dog canny crossing, but it, it it really is apparent how much I'm holding her back when I'm running. So um we thought we'd give um Bike Jaw a go. We had a, you know, we uh, we tried it out. She's she's a real natural with it. Um I was really pleased with with the way she took to it. So um so we've done a couple of races, done really well. So we really um haven't haven't done any um you know, haven't got any results to speak of. It's all been a bit experimental and a bit hit and miss so far. Um, but you know times and competitiveness um really really pleased and really excited for the british championship
1: this year i'm hoping we could do quite well i just don't know how when i watch it i don't know about you michelle but when i watch it i'm thinking no way no it, way it, am it I does
0: look terrified like where do you start how do you start that like how do you go from just running with your dog to thinking right we're now harnessed to a bike yeah. go where do you get the guts to do it
2: how do you start It slowly
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, no, I mean it's. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend anyone just harnesses their dog to the bike and no. um, just just goes and gives it a go because obviously you know speeds are higher. You've got less time to react. To, the chances of you something bad happening if you run the dog over. Or what it, you know, it, you need to have a bit of faith that the dog's going to do what you expect before you start. I think. Um, but it's it's kind of a natural progression from canicross into into bike or scooter because you know you can all the commands are the same you yeah, you yeah. You, can, you train the dog to run in front of you pulling into the harness um, directions left right however you want to do it um, whatever commands you want to use you know you can get them solid on with running before you put them anywhere near a bike mm-hmm. um, so so yeah so it, it just kind of started obviously we, we've been um, we've been canicrossing for a while I thought let's give the bike a go took her out she went absolutely arrow straight out from the bike first time so and with no real you know no real extra um
1: incentive for me she just seemed to love running at the higher speed yeah wow But how did you deal with it because it's as you say you're higher off the ground you, you've got to react quicker was it was it scary or
2: um no because I trust her so I know I know she's going to know she's going to keep running she, she's never ever ever in all the time we've been running together she's never just put the brakes on and stopped so um yeah absolutely um had no qualms about that and we kind of built the speed up gradually over a few you know over a few days and experiment you know and, and practice runs um to the point where i was pedaling as fast as i could and she's running out in front and you know it's it, it, it's still working um the distractions to be honest are more the um there's the more the danger point so we've had we've had one accident where um um a suicide squirrel ran <laughs> ran right across the trail literally under her nose and mm-hmm. I, I can't really blame her for going off and following it that's that's um that's just what dogs do um but that's only been once you know
1: oh yeah I, well i don't think pick will be very good as it yeah. I'd be it. I'd be in the canal if I was taking a wrong way.
2: <laughs> yes, that, that's it. You've got to, you know, you've got to trust that the, the dog isn't going to suddenly change direction and will follow you, follow your commands. Tilly's very good in that respect. She, she, she listens quite well. It's quite funny. She kind of, um, we come to a turn or a, or a, a, you know, a junction in the trail or something, and she'll kind of, even without me saying anything, she'll kind of tentatively like choose one side for herself and so I'll start to go that way and if i just say no she'll look over her shoulder and go oh, is the other one then okay fine go
1: that way there's a great photo of you which i think i'll put a comment on yeah. because you do what i do i think you put your arm out and you're probably saying the words as well but you put yep. your arm out to direct them and obviously they can't yep. see you
2: <laughs> actually you said sometimes she does look over her shoulder
1: okay i'll let so you is it
2: just in case <laughs> <But> yes <laughs> i do yeah i yeah it's a or is it automatic it's just a habit thing put one hand it is, you it. just
1: automatically do it don't yeah. you well, like this yeah. is yeah, my I, yeah. I automatically do it and um yep. yeah so <laughs> you, look, you look a bit of a fool that's all i think you know, i do but. <laughs> <laughs> so will you still canny cross though or not
2: yeah um yes we'll continue canny cross so i'm going to i tend to mix um, mix it a little bit this season so i've got one series that i'll probably canny cross in another one i'll bike in um and you know, fortunately, with some good the help of some good friends and stuff. Although I only have one canny cross dog or one sports dog, there's the offer to loan or borrow um, borrow a dog for yes. canny crossing. If, if okay, if yeah,
0: that was going to be my next question. Then, how do you choose what to compete in? But are you planning to compete? Yeah, I planning, uh,
2: planning to do a bit of a mix and a bit of both. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, 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 so chilly will put on the bike, and canny cross will be
1: borrowing a dog. Yeah, but I know the dogs that you're probably borrowing, and they're boys, and they're bigger, aren't they? Uh, No, not necessarily. Okay. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No. Um, Girls and slower. Okay. (laughs) Perhaps I should have a go on one of those. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, you you know whose dog it is, so...
1: (laughs) Excellent. So, what would you say to people that are thinking about doing an international event? What, what's the sort of, you know, why why would they go and do it? Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it,
2: just almost honestly, just the experience of of, of that. It does, um, in essence, it's still a, it's still a, you know, it's still an amateur sport. It's still a, um, it's still a bit of a get together and uh, and that sort of thing. But it does, it has that feel of. Um, a bit a big event it's kind of like a how would you describe it it's almost like a you know a, a festival but for dog racing sort of thing so yeah. and you know when you, you go away with the team and of course you know in a, in a normal event it's just everyone for themselves every individual but actually kind of um at the internationals great britain are assigned a camp you know camp area together so we all we all camp together and everyone will help and help out with each other so the, the team spirit's really good and just the scale of the event, really, um, like I say, you can go to some Canicross events in, in the UK. And, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a trail race with a Canicross class bolted on the side, you know, how many canicrosses you get to race against the, you know, 10, 12, 15, maybe 20. And they will be all ages and shapes and sizes. And, and you kind of, you know, I've certainly been to events in the UK where I've looked down the entry list and I go, well, I know what order this is going to finish in because the gap i know who's i know who's who and i know what the gaps are going to be um but to go to an international event where the racing is so close and it's so big this classes are so big it really does make for accelerating racing i mean um so you know even down even down at 25th where i was in my class the the the, the gaps in front of me and behind me were in the single digits of seconds you know so you kind of so you can kind of look at those results and go wow well actually you know what do I need to start moving up the timesheets I need another you know I need another 10 seconds for, for three or four places something like so and, and it and actually it's quite motivating because these these are um you know these these feel like achievable goals. Um yeah. you know you can go to a UK event maybe somebody somebody you know will turn up there they'll be the next person in front of you they might be two minutes faster than you but um over a 5k distance and you kind of you don't there's no concept of how you can make that jump or or, or leap um whereas a, a bigger bigger field bigger event it's much more much more almost manageable to see how your performance can progress
1: it's actually it sounds really good because yeah. because you go to all the events in the uk and, and actually i I, uh, I quite like the fact that um some of them are mixed at the moment we've spoken to quite a few events that are because I think it's a fantastic way to get people into Canicross and giving it a go Mm -hmm. and not such maybe a pressurized because as with all things isn't it it's you go to a Canicross event and it is a very daunting even in the UK and until you get to know people but everyone is very friendly um, you know until you get to know people you kind of it's quite frightening but if you go into some of these events that are closer to you I think that that's quite good um Yeah, I mean, I met Chris because I just put a microphone in front of his mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So
1: that wasn't that a Goodworth last year, I think. Yeah, I before it was the Beauty. first year at yeah. Goodworth. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, hey, you know, tell me about caddy cross. Um, yeah, so, but it's but everyone is is really friendly, and you do see the same people on the circuit. Yeah, you do.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot you of do. New you people see, coming in. Yeah, you see the same. You see the same people. um on the circuit which is a good thing and a bad thing because you you know you make friends and the, you know that you're inevitably the person placed behind you and a place in front of you in a race you'll chat to them and go well what are you doing what are you did you know um and it's a good thing and a bad thing uh, in some ways because um again comparing it to the international events you kind of you you you, you sign up for a, a uk race you see the people you know you, you probably know the likelihood of where you're going to finish before you've even gone um unless they don't turn up for a rest unless they don't turn up <laughs> <laughs> um you go going to an international it could be anything so i mean you yeah. know um my my goal was simply the first one i did my goal was simply to turn up pull on a great britain shirt not make an idiot of myself and not be last and that was more than achieved so i was well happy with that
1: and do you know what actually how, who doesn't want to sort of run or canny cross for their country. I mean, yeah, we're not Olympians, we're not, you know, no, we're not like no, the Olympics fine. or yeah. whatever. So yeah. actually to be able to do that, yeah. I think that's really special. Yeah. It is
2: it is it is interesting. You're right, you're right. We're not so we're not Olympians. Most of us aren't and I'm going to use air quotes here real athletes. Most yeah. of us are doing it as a hobby. Um, you know, as you one or 2 you've got quite a lot of experience, but actually you kind of, you go to, um, you go to the internationals and some countries in Europe really are taking it quite seriously as a sport. Um, and that's kind of the, probably the gold standard we need to, uh, uh, strive to, you know, kind of actually, you know, really, um, selecting their athletes and matching them with their dogs and running and, you know, running national team training camps and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we Great Britain's doing really well in Cross at the moment we've got um what oh, if yeah. we had you know senior senior male gold and senior female silver um fantastic achievement but but in the in the wheel classes we, we um you know we've we've we, sort of slightly outshone by the um, by some of the Europeans and it's it's these you know investment and effort they're putting into it is some um, it's quite astonishing
1: I think to be fair to the BSSF, mm. they are trying to you know they're they're trying to do things, aren't they? And to become yeah, they are now. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it's been, so. You know, I think I, I think it, they took a bit of a knock in COVID, not being able to run events, um, that kind of thing, nobody could get out. Um, and you absolutely sympathise, and they've got absolutely got my uh, wholehearted support, and trying to put on the British Championship again. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have a you know we'll have a much um much improved Championship this year. I believe we will. Um. Uh, but but yes you know small small steps just just recover you know recover from covid run a british championship blah 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 let's let's get the basics done first and then we can look at kind of some of these other things
1: and and i think also what's really important to you know we don't all have to race michelle's never raced even though i'm still trying (laughs) (laughs) to get on one but it's still really important to sort of you know you don't have to race I mean it's fantastic and exciting hearing you know Mm. stories like yours and other people's that have sort of made it but but you started off basically you started off with a pet dog which is how most people do yeah absolutely that's important point to remember
2: yeah I mean I'm quite I'm I'm quite a naturally competitive person but no yeah Um, not like me at all no um but um and it entirely depends what your goals, what your personal goals are, out of out of running with your dog. If you just want to go out and have a, you know, get some fresh air and keep fit and, and have a good time with your dog, then fine. You know, don't enter a race. You don't have to. It's not obligatory. Um, no. But um, if you have any designs on, you know, improving your performance and getting faster and, um, and and that kind of thing, then going going and entering a race, just do it. It's absolutely the best motivator and yardstick you'll ever get because you'll kind of you know you'll 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 look at the names on the finish sheets um and you'll go you know and then you'll do another one and then you'll go oh actually this time I was a lot closer to that person in front of me oh I've improved that's really good you know
1: yeah and I think that's it, and I think that's a really good place to leave it. Unless you've got anything else, Michelle? No, 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 no. I've no. probably said enough. <laughs> no, I think it's been really interesting, and I yeah, think it, yeah. it interesting.
0: Yeah, thank you. So, where can people find you? Can, it, can they find you on social media anywhere if they want to follow? Um,
2: I, 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 only my personal one, but it's it's absolutely full of dog stuff. But I, don't, uh, we, I we love dog I,
0: stuff. I
2: I don't have like a. <laughs> chris's race team facebook page yeah. and think about nature and i don't tend to accept like friend requests from people i don't know so um I mean. so it's just the way i run my life i yeah, know yeah. No, that's um,
1: absolutely fair enough but perhaps you ought to do a chris chris and chile chris, chris, chris,
2: yeah. chris <laughs> Chilli's race team thing yeah well, i've just got boring all my friends with all the dog posts then. <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly. laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Chris. My really pleasure. To nice to see you again. Yeah. Um, and I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to join us next week. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends.
0: And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs.
1: And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.